0: Marcus Sahaba, online radio, broadcasting to South Africa and all over the world. Our own president and, uh, and the cabinet ministers had been informed about it all, so they all knew about it. So, like, uh, right from the very beginning, at the highest level in South Africa, this uh, callous attitude uh, towards foreigners and their rights in South Africa uh, took seed. So maybe in actual fact this is something that has grown from the top up rather than the bottom down. And we're we're joined on the phone now uh, by Dale McKinley, and he's from the Right to Know campaign. Dale, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you.
0: Dale, we've been discussing in in detail uh, today the attacks on foreigners in Johannesburg. now we, we we've just received a a um a whatsapp message uh from a listener in Japanesetown who say they're on the attack again
1: yes what's the question
0: we uh, attacks on foreigners have been happening uh, repeatedly in South Africa uh we had the whole renditions issue uh we had at least uh, t- uh twelve foreigners renditioned out of South Africa. In uh, the early early decade uh, of the the first decade of this new millennium, um, but politicians themselves uh, is 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 this a fish head, uh, rotting from the the head, or is this coming from grassroots? Is 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 this a grassroots issue, or is this uh, is this something that uh, has also got elements of our of our leadership? Uh, who who are involved? Uh, complicity, responsibility, uh, and 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 what do we do as we go ahead? Have a, have a, have our politicians thrown petrol onto this fire?
1: Yes, the politicians. I mean, particularly the, the ANC. I mean, it goes all the way back to the nineteen nineties. In fact, the early two thousands, where statements by the ANC, very populist sort of demagogic statements, trying to blame foreigners for crime. Uh, talking about the national interests and, and threats to the integrity and the identity of South Africans and this construction of a false sort of sense of uh, a sort of supranational identity of South Africans as something separate from the rest of Africa. Uh, this has been going on for a long time, and mm-hmm. what that has done, combined with economic policies that have essentially marginalized and uh made... Lots of working people out of jobs and created a material desperation. If you look at that cocktail of sort of political opportunism and populism as well as economic policies that have left people behind. And then on top of that, you get a, a, a situation where internal, I mean, immigrants that are coming into the country are uh, pushed in, into the sort of, uh, you know, shanty towns and other places. What you have what we were calling a constructed competition. For uh, resources, and that is a is a fairly toxic cocktail mm. that has that has developed over the years. And what we're seeing, what we saw in 2008, what it was in 2012, and now again, uh, is a result of that cocktail. So yes, there is. It's a combination of things, but certainly the leadership, and that is both mostly the ANC, but increasingly in our city in Johannesburg, also the DA under Herman Mashaba mm. has. a... Uh, uh, done similar kinds of things and said very similar kinds of things, they are certainly responsible, and they certainly have to take a degree of culpability for what has happened.
0: Uh, Herman Mashaba has been on TV, he's uh, been photographed in uh, websites and newspapers, uh, stepping out there like the mayor coming in and uh, trying to save his burning city. Um, Do you think he's going to be successful?
1: No, not with the policies that he has. The, the DA has, has, has played the, the xenophobic card, not just in Joburg, but nationally. If you yeah. remember, leading up to the last elections, mm. one of the DA's uh, key planks was secure our borders. Uh, and this was an attempt to try to play to this kind of trope of discourse of you know, foreigners are invading the country. They're taking it. The DA's policies, uh, and, and overall policies are like that. No, Herman Meshaba is is an opportunist. Mm. Uh, he wants to appear to be, uh, you know, one thing and do, does exactly the opposite and then when, when uh, the, you know, when things get bad as they are now and when you have attacks and you have the practical thing, he rushes in trying to say that, you know, the police must keep law and order and this is our city and everything. But when these things are, are, are boiling underneath the surface and when civil societies ask Mashaba and the AMC to do things, particularly to stop these kinds, they, they refuse. So they only react after the fact, and that's uh, mm. an indication of opportunism more than anything else.
0: Yeah, um, Johannesburg, uh, I must say, in the, in the, even in the 90s, uh, had been identified by many people as having a very kind of uh, antagonistic relationship well, not just with uh, with foreigners, but with, with with hawkers and the informal sector in general. Um, it was noted for its uh, its aggressive policing of its streets. I mean, uh, Johannesburg uh, was also foremost in, in terms of uh, formalising uh, trading areas for hawkers and so on. But of course, that, that 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 was never going to be enough to you know accommodate the tide. Um, that we find uh, flowing into our cities on a regular basis, not just from uh, foreign countries, but from all over South Africa. Um, Do you think uh, that uh, the police in South Africa in general and in Johannesburg in particular must also take some responsibility for this?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, we have worked with many different immigrant communities over the years, both in Johannesburg as well as in Cape Town and, and other major cities, in Durban as well. And the story is very similar uh, across the board, which is that the police are, are, and with a few exceptions we might add, but generally speaking, uh, the police approach is one to take advantage of the immigrants, to basically suck money from them, get bribes, arrest them, harass them, intimidate them, uh, and then, basically release them later on or or if they 're not cooperating, send them to the mandela deportation center uh, um, to to and then what you 'll find is a recycling of the same people coming right back into the country yes. uh so we have a we have an immigration system that needs uh, first of all that needs to be upgraded, but our police in in across the board generally speaking are not playing the kind of role that they they should be playing in fact oftentimes they what we find is that the police are in cahoots uh, with local businessmen or taxi owners or other places, uh, people that are targeting, for example, particularly small businesses owned by immigrants, which has been the key uh, attack point of, of communities mobilizing. You know, when you remember mm-hmm. when the Alex uh, a program started, it was leaflets from small businesses in Alex that were being circulated yes. and drive out the foreigners and the immigrants. So yes. The, the police definitely have a lot to answer for. It's, it's to say that there are some that are trying to do their job, but I think overall uh, it's, it, it needs serious, serious attention.
0: Um, the way, I must say, uh, in, the, in the early part of this millennium, when, these, uh, when the attacks started happening with more frequency, uh, I was concerned that there might be a foreign intelligence element to it, or even a local intelligence element to it, to get, uh, given our intelligence services history um, in, uh, in the hostels, in the townships uh, in the early 90s. I mean, I was a reporter in the newspapers, uh, so I, I was involved in all of that kind of stuff. The way the intelligence services used the IFP, the Encarta, uh, to, to, to get hit squads, uh, to destabilize. Uh, is, do, do, do you think that there might be an intelligence element to to this behind it, in terms of stoking xenophobia?
1: Well, we, there's certainly no an, an empirical proof of that yet, but I think I think if we were to speculate, uh, one could make an argument that that might be the case. Because what has happened, obviously, since uh, the mid two thousands, when the the, the fractions or the factions in the ANC began to fight it out, mm. is the intelligence services became totally factionalized. So the, we've, we've seen them playing particular political roles, spying and intimidating people. So one, it's not beyond, uh, the possible that, uh, certain factions within, uh, what we could call rogue elements or whatever. I don't think as a whole the, the, the uh, state security agency would have, uh, you know, had a program of this, but I certainly think certain agents or units or others that wanted to create mayhem, mm-hmm. certainly wanted to create problems for the other faction in the ANC, uh, might have been able to stoke this. The, the, the bottom line here, though, is fundamentally that it's a total and complete failure of intelligence in our country. If intelligence services were doing their job, they would have been able to spot what was happening. They would have been able to deal with it beforehand. That's what the job of intelligence services mm. is. And they've been completely absent, both within all, all of the, the, the nature of this. You haven't heard anything from them. You haven't heard why they did not pick this up why this is this is a national interest issue this is a national security issue Mm. for sure and uh this intelligence services have been completely absent so we must ask the question what are they doing or whether they're not doing and why
0: yeah now um another, another problem is how do we how do we address this how do we fight back on this because you know um, two trucks were shot. Were were, were were set alight in Moy River last night. But of course, now those attackers have disappeared into the darkness. How how do you how do you speak coherence to incoherence?
1: Well, I, I don't think I think there, there's there's a multiple response that needs mm. to happen. One is is that the police and the intelligence services need to do their job. They need to investigate. They need to track down the perpetrators. They need to arrest. This is the case. We've seen in our country with people who have uh, taken money from the public purse and have been corrupt. We hardly any of them have ever paid any price for what they've done. They've just disappeared, resigned, Uh, they recycled themselves and other. So if we have a failure of implementing our laws and tracking that, then we've got a problem. But uh, beyond that, obviously, in terms of the social and political side of things, it's also a question of if the ANC, you know, is claiming that it's a progressive movement that it comes out of pan-Africanist uh, and, and African solidarity, then it must. A lot of a lot of people that are doing these things would would either support or the ANC or uh other political parties, and the political parties themselves must rein in their members. They must do. They must tell them that, that this is is completely unacceptable. Instead, they sort of let them go, mm. and they half encourage them to do that. So. We, and then civil society as well has a role, obviously, to play in fighting uh, a, a more social, I think, battle in terms of people's consciousness, uh, reminding where we come from mm. and, and, and uh, African brothers and sisters as well as South Africa's uh, taking, you know, the South Africa South Africa's not an island. People must remember that South mm. Africa's, a large portion of South Africa's trade is with the rest of
0: Africa. Very much
1: so, so if yes. other African countries as well decide that they want to target South Africans, I know there were some truck drivers the other day, some in Mozambique and, and Namibia, that were threatening to burn South African trucks and attack South African drivers. If this gets out of hand, they were going to have a regional uh, conflict as opposed to simply a domestic one.
0: Yes, definitely. There have already been. Uh, they're already organisations getting organised in Nigeria, where uh, they've been targeting MTN, and as well as Shoprite shops uh, in Nigeria and And they say they're going to continue targeting uh, South African companies specifically because of the xenophobia against their brothers and sisters that they're experiencing here in our own country um, yeah yeah okay, okay well um. Uh, Dale, thank you very much for joining us it, it is a pressing problem and uh, it's definitely something well, we've been keeping our eye on it well, we're a Muslim radio station so we were involved with all of the rendition stuff um, d- d- 10 years ago but this thing is really worrying uh, and and uh, we hope that uh, something, something is, some sort of sanity is going to reign in our country Dale, thank you very much for joining us here this morning on Marcus Sahaba My pleasure, thank you Take care, bye Well, 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 South Africa, South Africa, South Africa, the problems never go away, do they?